Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 23 of Jake's World. Today is Monday, July 13th, and this is the week that I'm going to get it done. We're going to get back on two episodes a week schedule, be a little more consistent, keep it a little more fresh. Like Al Gore and South Park would say, it's time to get cereal. A lot to talk about, I guess. I mean, the world's still falling apart, and, you know, insanity is ensuing, and, you know, yeah, just in general, the world's fucking falling apart. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into that. I don't really want to talk about the state of our affairs anymore, at least for today. So, anyways, with me missing last Friday's, or Thursday, Friday, whatever, show, and me doing one Monday, I for totally forgot about some sports news. I'm going to get into that pretty quick here. Got a movie review as well. Going to talk about Airplane, my favorite comedy of pretty much all time. And a little bit of other stuff sprinkled in there too. So, let's get to it. Uh, I believe it was last Monday or last Tuesday... Wednesday, something like that, sometime last week, or maybe even, yeah, it was last week, early last week, Patrick Mahomes, breakout quarterback, superstar for Kansas City Chiefs, won MVP his rookie season, hit 50 touchdown passes, won Super Bowl last season, I don't know if he won the Super Bowl MVP, He, he might have, yeah, I think he did, well, if not, sorry. Anyways, signs the biggest ticket in, I think, sports history. It was 10 years, 450 million scones. That's a lot of dollars. Through Mahomes, though Mahomes' contract features $141.428 million in guarantees over 12 years, excuse me, not 10 years, 12 years, he was guaranteed only 63 0.082 at signing. That money includes his signing bonus, his base salary for the next three years, and his 21 and 22, 2022 roster bonuses. 450 million fucking dollars is a ton of money. Mike Trout signed a huge deal north of 400 million dollars. Bryce Harper signed a big chunk, of big contract too. I remember 10, 15 years ago, maybe not quite that long ago, A-Rod signed a massive, massive contract, right? Imagine all that money to play a game. Now, I'm not going to take this in the direction of, you know, athletes, you know, get overpaid. I don't think so at all. They're part of a billion-dollar business. It's just... That would be so fucking cool to be that talented to do that. Now, where I'm going with this is here. I think they gave the contract to the right guy. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, the cost today. Let's be really honest here. He's probably the best. He is the most talented quarterback in the National Football League right now. Now, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Grew up a Packers fan. I defend him all the time because he's worthy of that. He is the most 
accurate quarterback I have ever seen play, ever. And I've watched a lot of football. He's more accurate with the combination of mobility than anyone ever. And might ever be. Like, there's no... There's numbers there. There's just, There's no real defense to saying he's not. Like, you know, postseason success and accolades be damned. The numbers he puts up every season don't lie. His clip is incredible. There's nobody anywhere near as efficient as him in terms of, you know, not turning over the football or, you know, being able to throw a big pass. Like, that is something he's always done, and he's proven he can do that time and time again. You know, Hail, Hail Marys. Like, every... It seems like every time you need him to come up for you, he finds a way to do it. And I still wouldn't give him that money. I mean, three, excuse me, he's got three years left on his deal, two years left on his deal with Green Bay, and that was a big ticket. I mean, that was $160, $180 million for four years, something like that. I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have given him that money 10 years ago. Maybe I would have, but $450 million for what did the internet say, 12-year contract from Mahomes? That's the only guy I see being worth it because, I mean, he's got, he's got all the intangibles and he's more mobile than Rodgers, too. And I'm not trying to say that there's only two guys in the league that are worthy of those numbers because, I mean, look what you got out of Rodgers, who I still believe to be the most talented quarterback in the league based on his accomplishments. I shouldn't say accomplishments because Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl and an MVP in his first two seasons, and Rodgers has won two MVPs in a Super Bowl in 12, 13 seasons. I just think the longevity is a huge thing you must consider. Rodgers has had two or three significant injuries in his career. Mahomes had a minor injury. I think he missed three or four games. It didn't hurt him down the stretch, though, clearly. They pulled off, but Rodgers has been a very consistent you know, a consistent quarterback every year that he's healthy and plays in the league. There's other guys that you can pay to do that with results you have too. I mean, look at how good Drew Brees has held up. Lamar Jackson's going to get a big payday if he's able to continue to be a two, a dual threat quarterback time and time again. I'm curious to see what he does this year because, you know, first time getting thrown out into the offense, a defensive team, or uh, excuse me, what am I trying to say here? A defense is not going to know how to accurately scheme you every single week. It takes time to really know what you're going to do. And... An offense like that is so advantageous for a guy like him because the options are there for anybody. It's not just like a quarterback and a wide receiver or a quarterback and a running back. Even a quarterback and 
a running back and a go wide receiver. There's so many options that he can use. It's hard to scheme for that every week. Now I'm curious to see if there's a coordinator out there who can figure out a way to slow down Lamar Jackson. But I got a little sidetracked. What I'm trying to say is Mahomes is clearly the most potential-filled quarterback going forward. I don't think he's the most accomplished. But I still still think $450 million with, what did it say, 130-something million guaranteed, 141 million guaranteed, that's too much for a football player, even if he's worth that much. It's no secret or no surprise that football is probably the most dangerous of all the American sports. You put on pads and a helmet and you run and hit the fucking shit out of each other. Guys get hurt very, very often. It's commonplace. Now, I'm not saying that the league has not taken measures to try to improve, you know, the safety issues that comes with playing a violent contact sport like that. And they've done a really good job of protecting quarterbacks as best they can. It's not perfect, though. And you still see guys every year have these crazy injuries. And see, and that's the thing that makes you realize the delicacy of football and the delicacy of the human body and how something that you can't control can really happen with, you know, like you can avoid contact and sometimes you still get injured. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo when he tore his ACL, not last year, but the year before. He's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a fantastic passer, And he's in a system with a great coach and a very talented roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It hides his weaknesses a little bit. I don't think he's a great, he's not a great accurate passer. And I don't think he sees the field all that well. But I mean, he's mobile. He can make a throw for you. I mean, he's not like Tom Brady where he throws a duck, but Tom Brady's smart. Peyton Manning never threw a great ball either, you know, toward the end of his career. It just, he's mobile though, and look what happened. He scrambles and he makes a cut and blows his knee out. Those things happen. And to give the franchise guy now, I mean, I was jerking off Aaron Rodgers. He's 35, 36. He doesn't have much time left. And he's a guy that once he's done, he's done. He's walking away. There's going to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He says he might want to play a long time. Yeah, maybe. But once he's done, he's done. He's not going to pull a Brett Favre and come back and forth. Once he hangs him up, he's done. And we're never going to hear from him again. Four hundred Half a billion dollars. For one guy. And he's. That close to. He's that close to. I mean I shouldn't say he. Everyone is. Really close to. An injury. Especially in a football game like that. Now knock on wood of course. And I'm not trying to. 
I don't want anything bad to happen, but that's something we need to consider here. Like it's not baseball. Baseball's relatively sedentary and baseball you can control the prep work into your physical condition much better. That, that was poorly worded. You can take care of yourself in a different way with baseball because so much more of it's in your control. Like if you're feeling tight one day you stretch a little bit you're not going to pull your hamstring or you're not going to be as likely to do that if you put in the stretching you need to do and all the prep work and you know staying loose things like that football crazy things happen when a grown men are running trying to fucking kill you essentially you know what i mean they're trying to tackle you lay the wood out lay out and like so many other things can happen, especially when football has so many more moving parts, too. I mean, look at linemen. All it takes is for you to get stepped on or somebody to fall on you weird and you're out for the season. It's just like $450 million is a huge risk. And, I mean, he, he's definitely the guy who's most worthy of that. But, I don't know. Ten years is a long time, especially when you don't see I mean, quarterbacks. are usually a different story, but you don't see many NFL players have a career, you know, over 14, 15 years. It's a tough game. And, I mean, like I said, he's definitely worth all of it. But, I don't know. I wouldn't have given it to him in a huge chunk like that. I feel like maybe half of that meets you in the middle. $250 million for, you know, seven years. I feel like that would have been much more feasible at the same rate but it would have been safer for the Chiefs but if they think he's the guy I mean he is the guy but if they think that's the way to go I guess more power to him and I'm curious to see how much of that talent they can retain too on the offensive side of the ball because that's a huge chunk of payroll I mean if you do the math that's like 40 million a year not quite that much 12 years of 40 would be 480 it's like 30 35 million a year? I don't know. I mean, you've got Kelsey, Hill, Williams running back. You've got Sammy Watkins. You've got a ton of guys on the offensive side of the ball, and it's like, hmm, I wonder if Mahomes would have taken a pay cut to, you know, improve that defense a little bit because, I mean, they were better down the stretch, but in the first eight games of the season, they were bad. I don't know, though. Curious to see. I mean,. I imagine the Chiefs are going to be right back in the hunt. So I don't think that's a question. It's just I guess we're going to have to watch that one play out. I also glossed over the fact last week's episode that July 1st was Bobby Bonilla Day. And that's I love that day because that is the fucking life. Like you sign a contract now, I'm not going to, like, this is two weeks old, and anyone who listens to anything sports or consumes anything sports knows what Bobby Bonilla Day is. He gets, like, a $1.2 million paycheck every year, every July 1st, and I think he signed the contract in 2004 and he, it, or something like that, and it expires in 2035, or he signed a 30-year contract for one point two million dollars a year he's got like interest built in or whatever 
and he gets like the world's best annuity every fucking year. <laughs> absurd. Like, and then he only played a few more years on that contract. I could not imagine just getting paid one time a year, but it's enough to cover everything. And then the guy retires four years later, and he's, the Mets are still on the hook for him. And that just goes to show you how dumb the fucking New York Mets are. Like, the Orioles did it for him, too. He's got, like, a couple of those, you know, long-term contracts structured like that. But the Mets one was really bad because it was 30 years. And the Orioles one's almost done, I think. But I want to take this a couple minutes here to go into New York sports. New York is one of the greatest cities in the world, in the country, right? Wall Street. All that history. Times Square. Manhattan, the lights, the big, the big apple, city never sleeps, right? And the New York Yankees. I'll give you the New York Rangers, too. But every other sports franchise in that city is a joke. They're frauds. The Jets are fucking terrible. They've been terrible for a long time. They've had a good season or two sprinkled in there, you know, over the last 40 years. But would they win the third Super Bowl? Maybe something else in there? The Mets. When have the Mets been good? When they broke my heart in 2015 and then got stomped by the Royals in the World Series? When were they good before that? Subway Series in 2000? I think they lost that. The Knicks. Oh my God, the Knicks. What a waste of Pat Ewing's career that was. The owner sucks. You had Phil Jackson, the worst president in basketball history, it seemed like. You wasted Carme Carmelo Anthony's prime. You... You go get lottery picks every season and you still can't field a competitive team. The Rangers are okay. They've won recently. And they're usually a pretty good hockey club. So It's just Bobby Bonilla is so classic New York sports. And it just doesn't surprise me. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to get too far into the logistics of it or anything. It's going to be a sports-heavy show today because we finally had some sports news that I can finally talk about. Adrian Wojnarowski, however you fucking say it, Woj, Woj, I don't even know how to I have a Polish name and I can't even say it. Wojnarowski, whatever. Everyone calls him Woj. Woj got suspended for two weeks without pay. For I think it came out today or he did it over the weekend or something. I think it was a Missouri senator. Let me look up his name. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember it off the top. Okay. Josh Hawley, senator, Republican senator from Missouri. So let me give a little bit of context here. Um, Hawley's office, the senator's office sent a news release detailing a letter he planned to send to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver criticizing the league's decision to limit messages players can wear on their uniforms to be pre-approved social justice slogans. 
while censoring support for law enforcement and criticism of the Chinese Communist Party. Hot take, buddy. Especially from a state that doesn't even have an NBA team. Um, I mean, I see the second part of that. Um, you know, China has a big audience for the NBA, and the NBA really botched handling that one. Like, so did LeBron James, even. Uh, Daryl Morey, GM of the Astros, was really the only guy who was on the head with that. He kind of... He made some brash comments. This was, like, six months or a year ago. And uh, Adam Silver was like, yeah, we you need to apologize for that. But, I mean, you can't really condemn what's going on now. I mean, the players are primarily black, and they have a right to showcase their social justice quest, right, if you will. It's not a problem with that. That's kind of a bad take on the senator. <laughs> and uh, Wojnarowski, Woj, responds to him in an email. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. How quick would I be fired if I did that? But uh, So ESPN, of course, condemns and says this is unprofessional conduct and there's no place for this in our workplace. And they suspended him for two weeks without play, without pay. And then a lot of these, all the players are like, hey, free Woj, free Woj. And I'm with that. That's kind of cool. Like, here's what I'm going to do with this story here. I wish with all my heart that the workplace was a place to where you could send not safe for work emails. Now, like, not weird, gross shit, but I mean, like, I wish you could use some profanity in your emails. Like, I'll give you a little story. Today, I had to go back and look at work order numbers for a miscellaneous project that I'm working on at work, right? On the boat, you know, stuff gets built certain places, of course. It's like that any place of work, any business you track things for. The guy has different information on every, it's all wrong, half wrong, or, you know, something's misplaced here, or something's misspelled here, or mistyped here, and it's inconsistent. It's like, I wish I could just open up the computer, and instead of being like, oh, excuse me, uh, do you think you could re-look, or like, look at this, and see what you did wrong here, and, uh, you know, get back to me when you can. It's like you got to be all fucking polite about work, right? And so you don't want to make anyone upset. Or I mean, being inclusive, of course, and making the workplace a suitable environment for everyone where they feel welcome. Then that's important. But I, I mean, just for me in an ideal world, I wish I could just instead of being all goody two shoes, nice nice with this guy, I wish I'd be like, hey, fuckhead, why don't you do your job right? Fix this and get back to me now. The urgency would actually get you the results you wanted. And, you know, being mean would be like, whoa, okay, this guy's angry. Of course, you can't do that. But I'm just saying I wish the workplace could be like that, where you could be, you don't have to, you know, tiptoe all the way around your point. You'd just be like, hey, you messed up, dummy, fix it. Please, thank you, sugar on top. Wouldn't that be nice? And I'll back to woes here. Like, was this super unprofessional? Yeah. 
Does it make ESPN look kind of bush? Yeah. But Woj definitely gained some respect for the players, and he was pretty liked by the players anyways. Woj has kind of been like the center of ESPN's basketball coverage. He has been for a long time. Like, who else would it be? Brian Windhorst? That guy's a fucking boner. But I mean, Woj is a boner too, but... He's a basketball nerd, and that's okay. Like, he's not a Ravel nerd, but... Woj was pretty well liked by everyone anyways, I feel like. I mean, I don't pay attention to ESPN all that much, but I never got a vibe on the way the way ESPN, you know, gave him airtime or on Twitter or anything like that. He seemed well liked as it was, and this definitely gave him a little bit more street cred with quotes, if you will, I guess. So... Definitely unprofessional, but it gave me a good laugh when I read the response to that email. And, um, I mean, I think this is going to blow over. I don't think anyone's going to really hold him accountable for, well, I shouldn't say that, but I don't think there's going to be too dire of consequences that come out of this just because, like I said, that's a really bad take on the senator's part, but I digress. So, all right. Last part of today's show. Airplane. Oh, man, what a movie. Okay, so let me start off by saying that some of the things in this movie probably aren't appropriate anymore. Because it's not like a comedy, you know, like any Adam Sandler movie you watch or anything new today, right? It's It's slapstick. It's... Like, that dead... Oh, what do they call it? Um, the slapstick stuff. Uh, it's a, a lot of puns, gags, goofy kind of humor, some inappropriate jokes, things like that. And it's like a parody of a disaster movie, right? Like, think of Sharknado, except it's way funnier. Sharknado sucks. Airplane doesn't suck. Airplane's funny. So... Let me run through the plot real quick. Because, like, I remember the movie. I've seen this movie, like, a dozen times. But, like, recalling the actual story that goes into the movie is kind of hard, right? So, of course, this is about a commercial airplane flight. And there's a fighter pilot named Ted Stryker who has some issues going on with him. Like, he was in the military and... uh he couldn't fly a fighter jet anymore because of his pathological fear of flying and drinking problem. Now, his drinking problem isn't alcohol. It's literally a drinking problem. Like, when the flight attendant, they say stewardess in that movie, was different back then. I think this took place in 1980. Um, when she hands him a glass of water... He literally tries to take a drink of it and just slashes, smashes it like right in his face. Just water all over his face. And he does that with anything he tries to drink. So that's his drinking problem. Um, he can't hold a job. Like He had a girlfriend left that left him. And it turns out that she's actually on the flight with him. And he's trying to... Or he sees her at the airport and... He's trying to talk to her, and it's just not working. So, there's, um, you know, 
the dinner is served on the plane, and the pilot has some fish. And it's funny because the fish in this movie is just like, well, it's just, it's like the he eats it and it's just the bones are still in it. And it's like a fish without any meat on it when he's done eating it. But anyways, he eats the dinner and uh, he gets, the pilot gets food poisoning. And uh, um, the Elaine is his, uh, the pilot's, not the passed out pilot, like the ex-fighter pilot, Stryker is his name, Stryker. She's trying to like talk to the Chicago control tower at O'Hare and um, (laughs) he's trying to, she's trying to get the autopilot turned on and um there's a big blow up doll that comes out of the cockpit when she turns on the thing. it's like a sex doll <laughs> i guess the autopilot turned on and then um it like the plane can fly with the autopilot but um someone has to actually manually land the plane and um Ted's got to land a plane and then whatever, whatever. Weather gets bad and all that dumb stuff. The movie's really dumb. The whole story of the movie. Because like I said, it's a parody movie of, you know, like the disaster movie. And like, hey, let's make this funny. But it's fucking hysterical. Because it's only an hour and a half. But the whole plane ride is just stupid. Like, he's... Ted's telling Ted Stryker's telling a story of what's wrong with him to this old lady, and like they do a flashback thing, and then he's telling the story of like how he's in Vietnam and he's about to crash his plane or whatever, and he comes out of it, he's done with the story, and she's dead. Like there's just a skeleton sitting next to him, and then um, there's a doctor on the plane, and um, like there's this lady who gets a cough and. The old the doctor's like he, he's one of the most recognizable comedy characters just from this role. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. Like there's this woman or this man coughing on the plane, and he walks up to him and they're like, "Is anyone? Is there a doctor on the plane?" Yeah, yeah, I'm a doctor. And then he like starts tapping this person behind the ear on the head, and he just starts pulling eggs out of his mouth. Fucking stupid, and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is one of the pirate of the pilots, and um, <laughs> the doctor, uh, uh, not, not the doctor, um, the guy giving the tour, or the pilot is like, <laughs> he's a, he's like likes little boys. It's so fucking weird, but he's like, hey Jimmy, have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> it's like what? It's a, <laughs> and then the little kid walks into the cockpit and he's like, Wow, it's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. No, I'm not. Yes, it is. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. But, like, it's hard to talk about a comedy seriously because most comedies aren't good movies. Like, from a filmmaking standpoint or, you know, a story. Or, you know, the cinematography. The things I talked about last week with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Are so har- it's so much harder to talk about in a comedy because those elements aren't there. The comedy is all in the writing of the dialogue. That's much more important than 
you know, all the other moving parts of a film because a comedy, you're supposed to laugh. It's a different intention with the movie. And, like, seriously, when I said the movie sucks, it doesn't. It's like the plot of the movie suck, sucks because it's not supposed to be good. Especially when it's like a parody film like this one. But the writing's there. The one-liners are the witty puns are there. And like all that's there. And that's something that if you haven't watched it, you really need to. It's hilarious. It's a great great comedy film so uh, what should we do for next week let's do a gangster movie goodfellas let's watch goodfellas for next week it's a long one it's a little it's almost three hours but goodfellas is fucking good so not a great pun concludes today's show thanks for listening once again you can follow me on twitter instagram snapchat at jake sawinski 8 j-a-k-e-s-a-w-i-n-s-k-i-8 like I said, I'm going to try to be a little bit more consistent. I'm going to start taking this a little more seriously. I've been saying this for like a month and a half now, but I think I'm going to actually do so. If not soon, you know, near future, whatever. doesn't matter. Keep spreading the show around, and I'll talk to you guys on Thursday, Friday. Have a good week. Peace. Fantasize about this back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy me, that mercy will I go. That's me, the first year that I blow. How you say broken Spanish, me no I blow. Me drown sorrow in that Diablo. Me found bravery in my bravado.